So Jake is going to be handing out a, a clipboard if you're able to help out with uh, February cleaning the building. That would be fantastic. There's only one there, right? It's just for February, yeah. Scott? Okay, excellent. And I think maybe the first weekend of March. Oh, the first weekend of March. Go ahead. Excellent. All right. But I don't have access to my internet stuff either, so <laughs> it's handwritten. Okay. There you go. Well, thank you. Cool. Appreciate, appreciate that a ton. Uh, it's really nice not having to remember that, those kinds of things as well as everything else I have going, so I really appreciate yeah. your helping out. That's awesome. All right, well, I'm glad that we all survived the, uh, what do you call ice Mageddon or something like that. I guess they're calling that. Yeah, the apocalypse. The ice apocalypse. Uh, but there are still many who don't have uh, uh, power. Uh, our, our sheriff of Lane County had a tree come down at his house and, and punctured seven big holes in his house. Uh, and so uh, he wasn't able to pull it off. Uh, take it off until an insurance adjuster could get out there. So, you know, there's a lot of people in that kind of situation, so we need to be mindful and prayerful and helpful if we can be, which is would be great. So with that, uh, let's begin with a couple words of encouragement. Uh, Alan and Liberty, I so love your hearts for others. What a blessing and beautiful example of love, opening your home to those uh, that you work with and others Besides your family, you did this for your family also, without power or water. I don't know how you did it, but let's give it up for these two young people. Woo-hoo! Oh, I need some hand it around there, Mr. Mr. Compton. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're young and still got lots of energy. This is good. <laughs> Tanya B, you are an amazing sister in Christ and a wonderful friend. Keep shining brightly for the Lord. Let's give it up for Tanya. Woo! All right. Jeff Drillinger, I am grateful. Your words of exhortation and encouragement. Uh, I admire that you live out the truths that you share. And uh, I don't, it's not on here, but using Bill as an example of how not to be rude. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> Ken and Pam, I appreciate your compassionate hearts. Thanks for checking in with Pat West. Let's give it up for Ken and Pam. I'm so thankful that we do that. Great. All the saints at Pleasant Hill for the great love, help, and moral support being offered on all sides to get everyone through the hard week, demonstrating the love of Christ like the first century church and sharing whatever is needed to build up the body. That is a fantastic one. There's so many people doing so many things for so many others. It was it was fantastic. And then finally, I think this is it. All right. Persephone, is she here? Come on. You have a word of encouragement, sweetheart. Here we go. This one's for you. Persephone, for being so attentive and sharing cool things in Bible class, you are a joy to be around. Let's give it up for Persephone. Cool things in Bible class. That's awesome. All right. Nobody's sharing any cool things in Bible class except for you, you know? How's that work? Maybe an amen or something once in a while, or yeah, a groan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we have some announcements. Yes. Okay, go for it. The family camp stuff on the table. Oh, good. And you only really have this week and next week to get the registration to. So. <laughs> yeah, so all the information for Grand Pamp, including the registration forms, are out on the entryway table. And I just heard that the time frame for bringing that information back to us is what? Two weeks? Week and a half. Week and a half. All right, guess what? Well, see, the snowstorm did a whole bunch of stuff. Stole a whole week away. So there you go. Any other questions on that one? Family camp coming up. We got a great slate of preachers coming up this year, too. So some you've not heard before that I have, and they are amazing. That's why I asked them to preach. All right, oh, let me get back to my announcements. Uh, tonight, the Pleasant Hill Church of Christ Family Fellowship Dinner. Is at the Compton House at 5.30, 5.30. Uh, bring your favorite entree or favorite side dish or favorite dessert <coughs> if you would like to come. Uh, Monday night college age study will be back this coming Monday. And next Sunday, our annual men's meeting uh, will be taking place after the assembly. And if there's anybody here that would like to help Preferably someone who's a great cook. I'm not necessarily volunteering uh, our, our cook back there in Allen, but uh, some finger foods or whatever for the guys, because it might be a long one. I'm not going to try and scare anybody, but I want to be realistic about it, because there's several people who have shared some ideas and thoughts that I think are very good for the coming year. So if uh, there's someone that would love to do that, that would be great. Any other announcements I might have missed? I don't have a birthday list. Has anybody got a birthday coming up this, this coming week? I think Melinda's today. Yeah, no. Melinda? Melinda, is this your is this your birthday coming up this week? Today. Today. Okay. Well, we're gonna sing to you regardless. So we might you might be true, might not be true, but you're gonna get something too. How do you know who Melinda is? Uh, she's a great lady, okay? So let's sing really loud. She gets a kick out of this, by the way. How many know how many know she can get kind of spicy? I love it. So we can be spicy in our singing. <laughs> See, even when you're in Dallas, you're, you're, you're not immune. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I was only kidding about spicy because I go up there and have dinner with them on Thursday nights. I don't want you to slip something in or something. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Okay. So, any other announcements? All right. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians and chapter 5 and verse 6. We're only preaching on one little verse today, so I'm sure it will be short, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Galatians Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. I just love this passage of scripture. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. The title of the lesson this morning is understanding how faith works through love. So let's pray. 
Lord, I would ask in your son's name, Jesus, that you would help us this morning uh, to get a, a, another picture on how faith powerfully manifests itself in the love of Christ. In fact, the faith of Christ will produce the love of Christ. And we know that love is not a noun, it's a verb, it's action. And so it's faith in action. And as has been so uh, wonderfully uh, spoken this morning in the notes of encouragement, that in fact there are many who are manifesting the faith of Christ by their love in laying down their lives and helping other people. Help us to see that once again this morning, maybe from a little bit different perspective, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 11 is the, the faith chapter, isn't it? And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 is very powerful. It says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For one must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now notice it says, we must faith is, we must believe that he is. Now that is a two-letter word that means like he is the sovereign over all creation, both seen and unseen. And nothing happens without his understanding and him allowing it to happen. You're thinking, oh my, all those horrible things that he's allowing to happen? The reality is, is God is sovereign. And when we understand that, we realize that oftentimes challenges and difficulties are allowed that we might first give an example for others as we would continue to love sacrificially, or that we might learn a lesson, or it might very well be that he wants us to grow in strength. How many of you have, would agree with this statement that when life is good, we don't grow too much, but when life is challenging, we are, are given an opportunity to grow a lot. But the problem is we can grow in two directions, can't we? When life is really challenging, we can grow in one of two directions. We could grow more bitter, or we could grow much stronger in our faith and our convictions. I've seen it happen in both ways in my life. And so... When bad things happen, we realize that we have a choice. You know, when good things happen and God allows the blessings, of course, as was shared this morning by our brother Jeff, we should be overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving. But even in the difficult times, it says, by faith, by faith, we recognize that the challenges we can embrace with joy. And so, do you believe that God is? the sovereign over all the universe, that all that we see in this amazing creation was by his wisdom, by his hand. And when you begin to realize that, then you're moved to be responsive to him. And that's why fearing God, having an awe, an overwhelming awe of who he is, and recognizing that without him you would not exist, without him you would have no hope, you, in adoration, yield yourself to serve him in love. So I have some questions. The question to begin this morning is, do you really believe that God is? And do you, re do you really believe that he rewards you? See? Have you ever heard this statement, which bothers me a lot? Every good deed 
it's it's just punishment or something like that. What's the saying there? You know what I'm talking about? You do a good deed and you get hammered for it. I think that's terrible. You say, you do a good deed and you're blessed by God because you've done what he's asked you to do. So do you believe that God is and he's a, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? If you believe that, then you're going to serve him with a whole heart. The next question would be, is the Lord the first and foremost love in your life? Now that's kind of a weird question, isn't it? Is Jesus your first love? Is Jesus the one you love the most? Well, really, it's not. It should be the question that we're constantly asking ourselves. Do I love Jesus more than anyone or anything? Does my life manifest that? Actually, I should ask myself as well. Do we understand that real love means to yield and sacrifice ourselves for the needs of others? Real love. Man, there's all sorts of different loves. Man, I love reading World War II war books. Is that the same as loving Jesus more than anyone or anything? Not even close. Okay? So it's, 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 a, it's the, the greatest of all. Do you understand that real love, the love of Jesus Christ, means to yield and sacrifice oneself for the needs of others? And then finally, do others know you love them with this kind of love? Do they know that? Should they know that? Should your life be such that they know that? Well, two points. If you have your lesson plan there, you'll see the first point is love the Lord God first and foremost. Now, you know this passage of Scripture. I want you to turn there with me, if you would. Mark chapter 12. But I want you to think just a bit about what is being said. Sometimes the smallest words like is kind of get just passed right over. But when we take a look at the Gospel of Mark, and we're looking here in chapter 12, there's a very powerful word that's being stated here in regards to our love. Notice in verse 28 and following, one of the scribes came and heard them, Jesus and some uh, Pharisees, uh, arguing and recognizing that he, Jesus, had answered them well, asked him, well, what commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have stated, uh, truly you have stated that he is one and there's no one else besides him and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and, and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, you know, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Uh, it says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Is that talking about your physical heart or your spiritual heart? It's talking about your spiritual heart. And the spiritual heart has four chambers. Love him with all of your reasoning abilities. The first chamber is the rational or reasoning chamber through which information is received and not digested, but filtered. 
to see what is true. Because the world is sending all sorts of information your way, and you need to filter that. And that's why the spiritual heart has that filter, and it should be God's word is the filter. The second chamber is the motives, the motives of the heart. And the third is, the, or the intentions of the heart. The third is then the emotions, emotive, that which comes forth out of you. And then the last is the moral or the ethical. Now, what is your standard? What is your ethical standard? Is it that of Christ Jesus? I mean, if you're here this morning, you're listening to Eric. Once again, I so appreciate it. He started with how he left off in regards to trust. He says, you know, you can trust God, but you got to be careful in trusting man, and you better be careful even in trusting yourself, which I appreciated that, because I went back and did a lot of, I was like, wow, it's everywhere in there that you can be self-deceived. But the point that Eric made that I really appreciated was, is that you can trust the one who is striving by looking into the page of the New Testament, looking at the glorious character of God, and working to develop that character in their lives, you can trust those people. Again, I love that you said, you know, extend grace, be merciful, because we're still of this world, flesh and blood, uh, we're still finite in every way. But if we're striving to become like Jesus, those people can be trusted because their heart is more and more like Christ. I appreciate that so much. But then the others... With all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Your soul is your personhood. You've been created unique and distinct. There's no one like you. You are very specifically gifted with personhood, individuality, that God gave you that you might serve him by serving others. And so give fully of yourself. Now, I know people like... Uh, I, I just recently saw a, a wonderful, sweet young lady that I knew many, many years ago in the college age group that was singing about the Lord, and uh, she's choosing to sing now to make lots and lots of money, and I, I've listened to not a whole lot about the Lord. And so, how sad that is. She, she had this beautiful gift, and she was using it initially, and now she seems to be using it uh, for other reasons. Now, that's a heartbreak, actually. Because God had gifted her in such a way that she could have had such impact in the lives of others. How many of you have been impacted by some Christian artists and the power of their lyrics and the power of their music? How many have ever been impacted by that? I still get choked up <clears throat> on some songs that I hear on the radio. And I just it just wells me up almost instantaneously. Like, how many times have you heard it? Millions. You still get choked up? Yeah, I do. There's power in that. And so use your individual giftedness. That's your, that's your soul, your, your person. And of course, your strength. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm getting old. I don't have as much strength as I used to. I'm just being honest. Uh, my son yesterday, Jacob, was telling me about a study he heard about how they, they did some kind of thing and they looked at the, the mass of a man's muscle in his leg at six year old who was an athlete and then what it looked like who at six year old wasn't an athlete. It was a kind of a grim, gross comparison. And I'm thinking in my mind. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. Man, I'm going to step away from the grave. But I don't know if I'll be able to make it because that was so bad shape. Oh, man. But you know what? With the strength I still have left, and the strength that you have left, give it to serving the Lord. By loving Him and, and sacrificing like Him. Well, I, I, I make a joke, but it's, it's really not funny. You know, love the Lord with all your heart. All, all, all your being. You know, love, love fulfills the law. But did you know that the love exceeds the law? It goes beyond. You know, if you take a look at the scriptures that, I, that I've given you there in your uh, uh, handout, in your lesson plan, you look at those and it says that, that love fulfills the law. But did you know that Jesus in the Beatitudes proved that love actually supersedes the law? It goes beyond. You shall not commit murder. That's what did not the law says. You shall not commit murder. Well, guess what? A lot of people don't commit murder, but they call their brothers and sisters, you fool, you idiot, you. Well, you know what Jesus says? Hey man, if you have that in your heart and you say it, and even if it's in your heart, you, you, you've committed murder. Oh, you mean I gotta get to the heart of the matter so that I never say that? That's exactly right. So it's powerful when someone can overcome like anger. I used to be super, super, super angry. Or I would get angry very quickly, just fly off the handle. Man, how many the relationship destroyed cars and stuff? You know, because of anger. I haven't restored, restored, destroyed any cars recently. I haven't destroyed any things. I haven't destroyed, as I'm aware of, any relationships recently. Wow, it's amazing what happens when you go beyond fulfilling the law and you love as Jesus loves. I would ask you to consider John chapter 14. Turn there with me. <clears throat> and... Unfortunately, this kind of gets a bad rap. I, I'm not necessarily by you, but I've heard it over and over and over again that you know people kind of cringe when they read uh, John chapter 14 and verse uh, <coughs> excuse me 15 to begin with. Notice verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Sounds like a guilt statement. Maybe that's because of my upbringing, and that's kind of what religion was like. You know what? If you did this, then I would know you love me. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, guilt. That's terrible. That's not what is being spoken here. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse, verse 21. It gives a little bit more clarification. He says here, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. That's a little bit more gentle. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you don't keep my commandments, you obviously don't love me. That's not what's being spoken here. The manifestation of a person's love for God, for Christ, is that we will listen to him, know that he's teaching us truth, what's better for us, and that we will respond by following his call. Now take a look at some of the other verses I have down there. Look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. 
and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And then finally, the last one, which I really love, is in chapter 15. Take a look. Chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have uh, abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that, that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. I don't know about you, but when we listen to God call to us and we love him, we'll want to follow through because we know he loved us first. He loved us first. God loved his son Jesus Christ manifested love and he calls us to follow in his footsteps. So when we hear, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments with the wrong mindset, he's beckoning us to a life that is infinitely greater than living according to our own self-desires. And the beauty of it, he wants our joy to be made full. How much misery I experienced in my youth because I did not listen to the word of God. In fact, in my upbringing, although there was lots of church in my upbringing, there was no actual communication of who Jesus was and his great love and is the truth and the power and the blessing that comes from listening and obeying. In fact, I was talking to my son Jacob once again. I'm glad you're in the audience. I'm not talking about you. I am talking about you, but at least you're here to hear it. All right. We're driving down the road and I was, I was praising him for at 22, uh, 23, excuse me, uh, being really wise. And, and being so much further in his life of wisdom than I was. And I shared with him what I was doing and what kind of person I was at 22 and 23. Would you have liked me at 22 or 23? Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it. It's a pretty gross person. And yet I thought it was freedom. I thought it was great fun. I thought it was awesome. And I was killing myself, and I was miserable inside, and I knew it, but I'd seared my conscience, and so I continued to partake in the poison of this world. I'm so thankful I finally decided to listen to the Lord and to do what he called me to do because I realized the love he had for me, because my life has been transformed, as many of your lives have been transformed. And it's because of a faith and then a responsive love. But I, I, I want you to know that the love of Christ was given to us that we might give it away. The love of Jesus Christ was given to us in fullness that we might give it away. And here's the awesome thing about the love of God. You can give it and give it and give it and you'll never run out. It's kind of like the oil of that widow. You know, she just kept pouring and it just kept going and giving and giving. You can't outgive God. So when you sacrifice yourself like Jesus did for others, God will always fill you back up and bless you after you do. Look at John chapter 13. 
We're going to point number two. One, love one another as Christ loves you. John chapter 13, beginning there, uh, if you would, in verse 33. Little children, I am, I'm with you a little longer. This is Jesus speaking. Little children, I'm with you a little longer. Uh, you will seek me, and, and as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Notice, it upgrades, it upgrades the greatest of all commandments. It upgrades love your neighbor as yourself. That's a powerful picture. Now we're supposed to love them just like Jesus. Now, that's where we need to stop and ask the question. Okay, love one another even as Christ has loved you. So how has Christ loved us? How does Christ love us? He loved us and he loves us still. Now in your little notes there, he loved us enough to come into the world. He loved us enough to sacrifice every moment of his life. He loved us enough to go to the cross. He loved us enough to suffer the damnation that was slated for you and me as sinners but he loved us and he bore all of our sins in his body. He was damned, condemned, and punished for that three hours when God left him. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God had forsaken him. And so the sacrifice of Christ Jesus I'll have you turn with me to the, the book of Matthew in chapter 16. I'm running through some of the things that we already know, but, but then I want you to, to slow down a little bit with me and, and take a look at Matthew and chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27. When Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going uh, to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Remember, love, excuse me, faith produces love. Love is the works of faith. Now, brethren, I would ask you to consider also chapter 5, verse 34 through 40. And you don't need to look at that. You've heard me, you know, quote it over and over and over again. He's going to turn to the sheep. And he's going to say, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. When there's a big ice storm, and I couldn't, didn't have anything, and you fixed soup, and you fixed salad, and you fixed dinner, and you delivered it to me. Remember that? Actually, I don't remember that. Well, you do right now, because you just did it a little bit ago. But man, you're going to get to heaven. Well, it was actually on January. He's going to eat. He does not forget any good 
deed that you do in his name. He remembers them all. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison. See, I was, I was naked and you clothed me. You see the power of loving people like Jesus loved? There's power in that. Some people are, I can't be like Jesus. Yes, you can. You can be like Jesus. Many of you were being like Jesus during this crazy weather. You're saying, I was? Yeah, you were. There's the beauty of it. Yeah, hustle around getting all the things you got to get done in your place. I understand that. Taking care of the kids, taking care of you know the husband or the wife, and then looking out beyond. There's power in that because that's the sacrifice that Jesus manifests. Intercession right now. Did you know right now, unlike other religions, other uh, Christendom religions, you don't have to go to anybody else if you sin. You don't have to go to anybody else. You can go straight to the Father. And you can confess your sin. And Jesus hears you and will forgive you. He's our intercessor right now. Now what's an intercessor? If you ask for forgiveness, it's granted. Because he paid for all your sins. You have a need, he will provide it if his will is to be done. You see, there's power in having Christ Jesus ever present. Because we can ask, and if you go back as was shared in regards to prayer, you'll ask, in the name of Jesus, believing, according to his will, he'll grant it. You might say yes, you might say no, you might say wait, but it's always going to be answered. Brethren, that's power. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that we can have that in Christ Jesus. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 real quick. You know, Jesus paid the full price. We've experienced the blessing of that if we've obeyed the gospel. But look at verse 25. Verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. Many of you know First uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I write these things to you, little children, that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who forgave us of our sins. He was the propitiation for our sins, but not only for ours, but for the whole world. He paid for all of our sins. Now notice what it says here in this verse, verse 25, Hebrews 7, verse 25. Therefore he is able... Uh, uh, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them, for us. Brethren, do not stray away from the Lord. Draw near to him, listen to him, yield to him, pray to him, be healed by him, empowered by him even still. Now finally, I want to close with Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Many of you know this one. We've heard it, read it. But there's a beautiful statement here that I want to 
to look at a little more closely. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as, in the exact same way, Christ Jesus also loved you and gave himself up uh, for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Do you know in the Bible, in two places, it talks about you and I being a fragrant aroma? In two places. One is to draw people to Christ, and one is to bless them with the love of Christ as brothers and sisters. You can see it right there, and I just want to look really quickly at them, and then go back and, and, and stew on them a little bit. You know, vegetate on them a little bit. What does that really mean? What does that look like in my life? Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I just really love this one, and it's it's pretty amazing to me to think that I can can touch the senses, the emotions of someone with the love of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians in chapter two, beginning in verse fourteen. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, victory in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one aroma from death to death, to the other aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? Surely not ourselves without Christ. For we are not like many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. Now, I've asked this before, and you know it's true. Is there a song that will cause you to immediately go back to a very wonderful memory in your life or a very awful memory in your life? Just a song? There's one song in particular that, man, when I hear it, oh, it's just crushing. But there's another song. It's a Christian song by Keith Green. When I hear it, it's like, yeah, baby, we're getting it done. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's like one will destroy you and one will, like, wow. So it's like one's a death song and one's a life song. But how many of you, when you smell a particular fragrance, you'll have a memory of someone or something? You know, when I smell juniper and sage after a rainstorm, man, my head is just like, woo! And it's awesome. And the high desert, so many wonderful experiences in the high desert of, of Oregon. All right. But on the other hand, there is a smell that reminds me of the metros in uh, Belarus, which is not a nice smell. Okay. So a smell can immediately bring a memory. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your life, your name, when someone said your name, that in their minds they thought, Wow, I appreciate that person too because of, and they have this beautiful picture of sacrificial life that touches their heart and he touches their heart. They talk about Grandpa Penny all the time. Why? Because he was the master at smelling good for the Lord. It was great. Okay. And I was talking with Jake. We did a lot of driving to, you know, here a couple days ago. We talk, we drive. We drive, we talk. And, uh, Man, it's amazing. There's hundreds, thousands of people continually talking about Grandpa Penny. I thought I was the only one. Went to his memorial, 4,000 people there. Oh, and everybody had something to say, so it was a long memorial. 
There's a lot of people still praising God for Grandpa Penny. He was the aroma of Christ. And then the last one is, here's Paul laboring, 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 being thrown in prison. And you know what? The people in Philippi continue to send him money, clothes, support. And Paul says, such a sweet sacrifice, an aroma to God. May God bless you richly for that sweet sacrifice. Brethren, our lives are powerful. The love of Christ that's manifest through the faith of Christ is powerful to change a person's life, to change people's lives, to change our lives. My prayer is we'd understand it all begins with believing who God is, recognizing what Christ has done, and then our willingness to yield ourselves in love, to listen to him, to obey him, and to serve him sacrificially. Amen? All right, let's close the Lord. Father, every day you give us opportunities to serve others. And every day, Father, I pray that you would help us to remember, oh, this is who I am. I have this great opportunity. Let me, let me help. Let me serve. Let me uh, share with others your love, your life, who you are. How important that is, Father. I ask that you would help us to remember these things. As we finish next week with the last lesson, Father, what, what is the love that would prove that we truly are sons and daughters of the living God? Yes, we're supposed to love one another, as it says, so that people will know that we're disciples. But there's one more step, and I pray that we would be strong enough to begin to embrace that step, especially as was spoken earlier, that just the crazy chaos seems to be increasing. That, Father, we would be people who manifest the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, through faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'll stand up. Thank you very much. What did Jesus say to do? He said to... Oh, get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. I love it when the little kids do that, man. They haven't got the ambitions yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go get her done. <laughs>